Welcome to another special episode, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. It's special because we're doing a tribute to Bob Gibson, whom I saw play, and uh, a little bit older than me, died at uh, 84 uh, over the weekend, I think, pancreatic cancer. Like uh, several of my other, I have some dear friends that have passed away from that. They, 18 months was how much Bob Gibson had beyond his uh, diagnosis, and that seems to be the case uh, almost exactly for some of my friends uh, that have uh, uh, gone before me. And uh, I've got a, uh, a friend right now that has it. And so, again, it's really tough cancer. One of the top, I think one of the top 10 pitchers of all time, certainly in my lifetime. I didn't see the really uh, the Walter Johnsons of the world, but this guy was dominant uh, with a capital D. Thanks, sponsors. Tops Panini Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins & Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Uh, all of them had some uh, touch with Bob Gibson in terms of their cards. And, and again, this part of the, uh, Bob Gibson's part of the lore of uh, the great game of baseball. My first love as a sport. Okay. I've got 10. I don't know if they're not all sports card insights, but I'll try to put a sports card insight spin on each of these 10 things that are just observations of uh, tribute to Bob Gibson. Uh, number one, I'm a big fan of loyalty to one organization that doesn't happen as much. I, I do think it's a positive for card values. Again, it's in, in, it's after the fact with Bob Gibson, but he was a first and always a cardinal, uh, loyal to the organization. And, uh, I think that's a good thing. And of course, that doesn't mean only people in St. Louis are going to collect his cards, but he's got clearly, he's one of the, maybe behind Stan Musial will be the number two greatest uh, cardinal of all time. Secondly, I think he was a, a very serious guy, a tough guy, but, and maybe people thought he was mean, but I don't know that he was mean. I think he did hit guys on purpose. But if you count warning them, if you lean out over the plate, I'm going to throw it inside and you might get hit. I don't, so I don't know that he hit guys on purpose, but he threw inside to get him off the plate on purpose. And in that respect, to me, that's the difference between being tough and serious and being mean is the difference between being respected and being feared. I think he was feared, but in the respect sense. It's just like being a boss. You, if you if you rule by fear, I think you're, <laughs> that's probably not the best way. It's better to earn the respect, and Bob Gibson certainly did. Number three, the other uh, thing that is interesting, a trivia aspect, is that he actually was signed by the Globetrotters before he uh, went to, he signed with the Cardinals and the Globetrotters, was in the minor leagues and uh, did a little, a short stint with the Globetrotters. But because he was such a serious guy, what one report I saw said that he just didn't like the goofing around. He liked the winning that the Globetrotters do every game. They're, they're virtually undefeated, almost undefeated. That's a good thing, but I don't think he liked the clowning around. And uh, again, I was always thinking when I saw him on the mound, I thought he was 6'4". But it turns out he was 6'1 or 6'2 at the most. Again, but a great athlete. Number four, he changed the game of baseball. And in many respects, we're still feeling that uh, effect from 1968. His season was so dominant. Of course, Danny McLean over in the American League winning 31 games. The rules were changed. The pitchers it became such a pitcher-dominated game that they lowered the mound and shrunk the strike zone. And so then, obviously, uh, hitting and slugging statistics increased. And that's the modern game that we have. In fact, the modern game we have is home run strikeout. But again, 1968, when Bob Gibson had one of the very best seasons any pitcher's ever had. Uh, again, shocking that he lost nine games that year because it seems like he was pretty unhittable. On the other hand, when I looked at it, he didn't get much run support. His run support in his starts was under three runs a game. But so that, that's how you can lose. You can lose, you can give up one run and, and, and lose one nothing. 
What happens when these uh, iconic superstars, and he was a superstar, die? What happens to their cards? The first thing that happens to me, there's a there's an impulsive, immediate, perhaps rush to, gee, I, I need to get that guy's cards. But more enduringly, there's a greater scrutiny of the person's life, their whole life, their career. And that, I think, is going to prove very positive for Bob Gibson. So the greater scrutiny and a greater appreciation, like going to a funeral, which I haven't been to one in a while, but I went to a bunch of them earlier this year, pre-COVID. And it's a, a recognition of the outstanding uh, things that the person did. And Bob Gibson, absolutely worthy of that greater scrutiny. Number six, if you saw him pitch and you saw his violent delivery really falling off the mound toward first base and just flinging himself there, which was a, some misdirection. I think it made his pitches hard to lock onto. The guy still won nine gold gloves. It just shows what a great athlete he was and recognized as being that the gold glove is the, is the best fielder at that position. And again, to me, that's outstanding. That's really outstanding. Along with this athletic ability, he hit 24 home runs. Actually, 26 if you count the postseason. He hit two home runs in the World Series. It, pretty amazing. And they didn't have playoffs, and they just they went straight to the World Series. So he, he doesn't. His playoff statistics are really World Series statistics. But it begs the question. And he, he didn't bat that much over 200, but it looks like he had a lot of clutch hits. And so you're saying, why would he ever get pitch hit for when he's this dominant pitcher, able to complete pretty much every game, he had amazing longevity. But again, a great athlete. Trivia question. If he's such a great fielder, how come somebody at the plate in 1967 hit the ball back with such force that they broke Bob Gibson's leg? The one and only Roberto Clemente, my favorite player. I don't, I'm not uh, gloating about that, but uh, Clemente was just as violent at the plate as, uh, as Gibson was on the mound. So it's a great fielding. We did not keep his leg from being broken. And uh, his uh, macho and toughness kept him on the mound for a few more batters before he went in and said, hey, I think my leg is broken. Number eight, his autograph. I have some autographs. Another thing that happens when someone dies in the hobby, uh, there, there's obviously no more autographs. But you know what? There's no more autographs anyway for certified autographs and serial numbered autographs. What has stopped is any future autographs of the non-certified, but, certi- but uh, authenticatable. Back at Authentication, Steve Grad had on here a little while ago. There'll, there'll be a bunch of Bob Gibsons that are submitted. His autograph is distinctive enough that I would guess that it's pretty reasonable to authenticate. And I believe I'll have a whole episode about this. I think it's in the athlete's best interest. The older athletes, uh, I don't think had this problem, but it's in your best interest, Mr. or Ms. Athlete, if you're in the public eye, to have a distinctive autograph that people can say, yeah, that looks like it or it doesn't. And Bob Gibson had uh, not great penmanship, but you could see it. Number nine, I think this is number nine, Project 2020 was, uh, Tops apparently had a, had the idea to include Bob Gibson and that he's got a, it's his 59 tops, uh, high number rookie card with the very interesting, uh, pastel color. And I think the artists have had a good time with that. He's, he heretofore would not have been considered one of the stronger, even a top 10 pitcher of all time, but not probably one of the stronger candidates within the 20 star baseball players that were selected for project 2020. But my guess is he'll get a little bit of a bump on that. And it, like I said, with the greater scrutiny, it, it may even be an enduring bump. That, that, that lasts for a while. 
last and certainly not least, what are his best cards? Uh, obviously, his, his high number rookie card. I, I had trouble centering on that card, but other than that, I didn't have trouble. I've had cards with sharp corners, but I've had, like I said, centering difficulties with that card. But it's a great card. It's, like I said, I think the Project 2020 memorializing that card is going to add. Uh, so I think we, we might see a bump in that, especially in higher grades. But then he's got other great cards. And the first one that I, you know, because I look in the Beckett uh, OPG, and you can look at the guys' player, the, the players, uh, the, the the stars' cards, roughly in, in chronological order, except for some, you know, anomalies. But he's got a 1958 Omaha uh, minor league team issue, which that's one of the ones I miss. The you know a few a past tribute to Dan. Even Dan knew a lot about the postcard type issues and team issue type issues, and was from the Midwest. But I don't even know that I've seen that card. So that'd be a pre-rookie minor league card. I think it's, I, I believe it's oversized. But I, I haven't even seen it. And when I haven't seen something, that means it's probably pretty rare because I've, I've been to every national and I look for stuff like that. Not, I wasn't necessarily looking to buy it, although I probably would have bought it because I don't have any cards. I don't believe I have any cards from that set. And so I like to have a, a type card from each set. But he's got other great cards. He, one, I'd point you toward, again, what you're not going to see. The 59 rookie card is not super tough. 60 tops card, not, it is really pretty easy of his cards. 61, not difficult. 62 tops, now you're talking much tougher. That's the, to me, that is rookie card would be the two cards from tops that would be, would be tougher. And uh, the borders on the 62 tops, even with a high number, you, you, you can get some chipping and things like that. Another interesting thing is he has several Venezuelan cards. And I believe he played in Venezuela in some of the uh, early in his career when uh, players would do things in the offseason to be to stay in shape and he's got a there are a number of other oddball cards one thing i like about bob gibson among many things is that he he has cards from 59 to 75 he retired in 75 and uh, that was his last card and i think that's i'm a a purist a little bit i i give a preference i I think i'm not the only one that does is give a preference for collecting cards of players from while they were playing there may be well there's been ample bob gibson cards not to be confused with the former, I think it was Brewers pitcher from 20 years ago that, that shared the same name, but the Bob Gibson in the Hall of Fame has got some great cards and some certified autographs, which I'm sure will get a little bit of bump. But anyway, I, uh, thanks for giving it. I've got, <laughs> I just, I had a lot of friends at, in college that were from St. Louis and Bob Gibson was the man. And I remember back in the day in 68 and 67 as well. He when Clemente broke his leg. He still came back in 67. Uh, he got his leg broken in July, and then in September he comes back, and and then in October he's winning three games in the World Series. The man-